Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we talk about a different kind of alcoholic beverage. Yes, and this week we are back to Italy and mm. talking about limoncello. They got some fantastic drinks coming out of that country. They do, and some fantastic stories to go with them. Let's find out about this particular beverage. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, so Lemoncello. I have, can't say I've ever had this before, but it's really, it's supposedly pretty easy to make, so I'm, I should really start making it. Yeah, so it is uh, a lemon flavored liqueur. It's, um, yeah, made quite simply from lemon zest, water, alcohol, and sugar. And um, it's usually consumed, uh, consumed as a digestive or an aperitif. Hmm. There are some really simple recipes for making limoncello, mm. and uh, we might come back to that a little later on. Yeah. But um, let's start by talking about the truly interesting thing about this, which is that nobody can really decide on where the hell it came from or who came up with it first, because everybody wants to claim ownership of it. That's it. It's another one of those uh, fantastic... Because it's, it's such a fantastic drop... There are a few people that want to claim ownership. We've got three different legends for this one. I think that is actually our high score with the number of legends. Yeah, because... Because um, normally there's about two. Yeah, something like that. But this one, yes, there are different versions from Sorrentini, Amalfantini, and Caprese that all claim to be the point of origin for Limoncello, and um, they all claimed that it was yeah created there and that they were the first. Now, there's very few things known for certain except when it was actually trademarked, and we'll get to that a bit later on as well. Mm, that's very recent history, that mm, one. But, uh, yes, the history, though, the story is the legends. In Capri, they say that the drink was first made in a small boarding house in the island of Azura in the early 1900s, where the lady Maria Antonia Farace took care of a garden of orange and lemon trees. And the story goes that during the post-war period, her nephew opened a bar, and the specialty in that bar was a lemon liqueur made with Nonna's recipe. And uh, it goes on then that in 1988, that nephew's son... Massimo Canale started a small homemade production of Limoncello and registered the trademark. Hmm. Most, like the other two uh, myths or legends, I guess, they all seem to start about the same time. Off the uh, Sorrentine coast, for example, the story goes that in the beginning of the 1900s, the, the big families of Sorrento would always ensure that their illustrious guests would get a taste of limoncello made according to their traditional recipe. Mm, whereas uh, in Amalfi, they say that the origins are even older and are linked to the cultivation of lemons itself. 
within Italy. But according to a British journalist named Lee Marshall, the history of limoncello is far shorter and not at all rooted in agrarian tradition. <laughs> he says in um, his article, The Invenzione della Tradizione, or The Invention of Tradition, which was published in uh, the Italian publication Internazionale in October 2013. He says that there's no historical documentation regarding the use of limoncello before the beginning of the 20th century, and that outside of a handful of families and social circles, very few drank it before Massimo Canale first trademarked limoncello di Capri in 1988. Mm. And of course, when he trademarked that, he began production just to supply restaurants, bars and supermarkets in the Capri area. Yeah, he obviously he started marketing it, and marketing does the biggest job of creating tradition. Yeah, and all of a sudden people outside of Capri had been to Capri and they'd tried it, and then mm. it grew and it grew and became more popular and made its way around the world. Yeah, so it's... Despite what all the, the old Italians say, it's not really that, uh, that long a tradition. Well, supposedly. Supposedly. According to that one British journalist, yeah, it's not actually that old of a tradition at all. But it's a this guy's a British journalist. The there are there is a very good possibility that it has been drunk with a traditional recipe in families for centuries, and there's just no written record of it. Yeah, which kind of well, makes sense. Well, no, I mean, no official record. I would yeah. say the, that these families had their recipe written down. Mm, that they you know passed down through the family generation after generation potentially mm, but there's almost nothing anywhere saying anything about limoncello before about 1890 well, yeah no, nothing we found anyway yeah and what what we know for certain is that it is one of the stronger liqueurs coming in at around the 30% mark mm, some some even stronger and that uh, we also know it's real freaking simple. Like yeah. like we said, there's not a lot of ingredients to it. So now is as good a time as any to tell you how you can make it yourself. Well, before we go into the one that we're drinking today. I was going to say, let's taste it first before it warms oh, up too much. Oh, yes, that's a good idea. Because there are two ways to drink it. There's... There are two ways to drink it. There's one that the majority of people recommend, which is to drink it very, very cold. Yeah. The other method is drinking it at room temperature. At room temperature, yeah. And uh, so naturally, to see which is actually best, or at least which we think is best, <laughs> we're going to do both. Yeah. And I want to just, while uh, Mikkel's pouring the drink, I just want to take a moment to apologize for any construction noises you might hear. I'm doing my, I'm going to do my best to edit these out, but... It sounds like my upstairs neighbor is putting something together from Ikea, making a lot of noises and banging and scraping noises with drills. It is very annoying trying to record an episode around it. So, ice cold limoncello. Yes, and uh, oh, what, what's, the, what's the brand? So, we are drinking the limoncello di Capri. So, so that one is the brand. One of the traditional custodians of the beverage mm, indeed and in fact it came with a little booklet which says the story so far so this is this brand's version of the history <laughs> which is slightly different to either of the histories we told you it says 
The sunny island of Capri is one of the most enchanting places in the Mediterranean, and amidst these breathtaking landscapes, the world-famous liqueur Limoncello di Capri has been crafted since 1897. Limoncello di Capri makes sure that in every step of the production process, strict quality checks are enforced, from choosing the farmers of Ovale di Sorrento, IGP, which is, which is protected geographical indication, lemons, to checking the taste of every batch before shipping it all over the world. Mm. They say that Limoncello di Capri is undisputedly the number one limoncello in Italian bars and restaurants. Hmm. And I guess until we're in an Italian bar and restaurant and can ask them, we'll just have to take their word for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what? Well, what all of the um, different versions agree on is that the lemons from Capri are some of the best lemons in the world for making limoncello. Hmm. And they also say that despite the strength of this, because of the lemons that the zest is used from, it's not vicious. It's sweet and it's. Lemony, but not overpowering. It smells so good. And yeah, I agree. It smells like lemon and it just tastes... It's sort of slightly viscous. It is sweet and tart and... Well, it's not really tart, actually. A little. It's, a little. Not not a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's very lemony, very zesty. Mm. Uh, and it's got a little bit of bite to it, which is what you'd expect from a 30% spirit. Yeah. But, but it's not... It doesn't burn like a... Vodka or a tequila might. No, it's very, very drinkable. Mm. I, I could see this mixing really well, which I guess leads me to the other thing in this little booklet, which is cocktail recipes. Because undoubtedly it does mix really well. Yeah. I wonder how I wonder how this would compare side by side with a triple sec or a uh, cointro. Mm. Well, I guess, are they made using actual fruit? That's the question. Well, triple secs are. A triple sec is. Mm. It's made with... Um, oh, sorry, not triple sec. Uh, curacao. Ah, yes. Curacao. Because um, curacao is made from curacao oranges, but it, it is a orange liqueur, not a lemon liqueur. Yeah. And this is not made using the lemons themselves, but the lemon zest. Well, I think the curacao is made with orange zest. I would have to check. We did an episode on it. Mm, we did, but it was a while ago. Yeah, we unfortunately don't retain as much of the information as we want. Yeah, because we, we, we always have a lot of notes because we can't know everything about everything. We have an approximate knowledge of many things, but... <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> but yeah, the, the limoncello is nice. It's re- really smooth. I could happily sit on one of these all evening or... Um, mm. Have a, a shot of this after a meal, like, yeah. or a nip after a meal. Yeah, and it certainly, having not eaten something, I can see how it works as an aperitif because it really gets mm. gets you salivating and wanting, yeah, to eat something. That's it. I and think I think that ha- would have to be the sugar. We should do an episode on uh, digestives and aperitifs specifically, and how that whole mechanism might work. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good idea. It's a pretty good idea. Hmm. I can't tell whether you're being sarcastic or not. <laughs> no, no, it actually is. So let's uh, let's talk uh, cocktails that use limoncello. So apparently, the Angelo Fizz uses limoncello. It's um, the, these are in that that little booklet in, in the that, little booklet. Yes, that was supplied. So take these with a grain of salt. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, is there a limoncello margarita? Take that with some salt. <laughs> uh, there is a Capri Sour, which you. 
would potentially maybe put salt with. I don't know. But I don't think so. But uh, the Angelo Fizz is Molinari Extra Sambuca. I'm guessing because it, the brand probably belongs to the same people that make this. Yeah. But Sambuca and... Molinari. And limoncello and lemon juice and egg white and sparkling water, rosemary, thyme and bergamot. Hmm. Interesting. It is a shaken cocktail, decorated with rosemary and thyme, and the perfume of bergamot. I could see how that'd work very nicely. Hmm. I don't have any any liqueurs or anisettes handy, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, there's a Capri tonic, real simple, limoncello and tonic water. And uh, they also actually recommend drinking it with, um, potentially if you're not drinking it by itself, and this is from a number of places, not just this little booklet, Mm. they do recommend that you can mix it with tonic water or with a white wine or sparkling white wine. Oh, yeah, I could see how that would work really well. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so the other thing, the final cocktail here, the Capri Sour, which again, Sambuca, and then Limoncello, and Lemon... Limoncello, lemon juice, egg white, star anise, aromatic bitters, lemon peel, and Sicilian pistachio. I'm assuming you can get by with a pistachio that is not from Sicily, <laughs> but they specifically say Sicilian pistachio. It's not just not the same without those specific pistachios. Yeah, but um, yeah, so you shake the Sambuca limoncello lemon juice, and egg white, and serve in a pompadour glass and then decorate with star anise, three drops of aromatic bitters, lemon peel, and the and grate the pistachio over the top. Mm. Very nice. And yeah, you, you can't see the picture I'm looking at here, but it is. Uh, <laughs> it looks quite It looks quite nice. Cool. I mean, uh, Stuart can see the picture. It looks nice in the picture. Mm. The Capri Royale looks pretty fantastic mm. too. Very nice. So, the uh, obviously Lemoncello has expanded fr- from its humble beginnings on the Isle of Capri. From Capri to Costiera to uh, Milan to Rome and apparently even reached as far as Naples where the, the downtown bars proudly started to display this fantastically bright coloured drink. Yeah, and they all had a slightly different name for it. But it was the same bright yellow drink, and it's certainly visually appealing. Yeah, at the at the time it was called Lemoncino, or Limoncino, and then when it made its when it arrived at Rome, they started calling it Lemoncello. What? what what's because uh, Chino is little, isn't it? Yeah, so it was little lemon, little lemon, and uh, cello is. Bigger lemon? Yeah, something like a little lemon or bigger lemon. It's definitely got big lemon flavors. Oh, for sure. It it is a lemon drink. Yeah, it's it kind of tastes more like a um like a lemon lolly, like you yeah sort think of. of a lemon lolly. And I I could imagine actually that if you were to um to mix it with like some solo or something, 
It would just <laughs> smash you with lemon. I don't know if Solo exists in countries other than Australia. Like a, a lemon, fizzy lemon Yeah, drink. a fizzy lemon drink. Like like pub squash, maybe. That's really lemony as well. We'll call it, uh, well, they call it actual lemonade in the US. Mm, well, yeah, lemonade, lemonade, yeah, which would totally, if you mix some of this with lemon, like if you like lemon, yeah. you want to make a hard lemonade that is so lemon it'll... Lemon, you make your face implode with lemon flavors, <laughs> but not pour, sour. But not sour. Pour mm. some of this into it. Yeah. So they, yeah, this was great, and everyone else thought it was great, and so they started, like people overseas started imitating it, making their own limoncello, and or limoncello. I should actually start mm. calling it properly, <laughs> limoncello. Um, yeah. So. Obviously, people overseas started calling, making their own and calling it lemon, limoncello and selling it. And Italy was like, yo, this is ours. And passed a law to say no one else can call it limoncello unless it's using lemons from Sorrento. How about that? Mm, Interesting yeah. that they chose to use, just to say that, you can only call it limoncello if you use the materials from this area mm, as opposed to making it in this area. Yeah, but I suppose that that makes more sense because you could get some company moves in, sets up to make in that area, produces with all the imported ingredients. Yeah. Whereas now people have to import Sorrento lemons mm. if they want to make limoncello no matter where they are. Yeah. Well, it, it works better for the, the local industry. Yeah, well, it certainly works better for the local lemon farmers. Mm. And and it makes more sense than grapes, than a than a, a wine, for example, because yeah. wine changes flavor wherever if you grow it if you grow this particular grape somewhere else. So by making it a law to say you can only make you can only call it limoncello by using great uh lemons grown here, it uh, I guess solidifies mm, the, well, the and the, there's a specific style? variety of lemons that mm. only grows there, and that's the ones that they use. So the the unique the unique late nature of these fruits depends on the microclimate, the proximity to the sea, and the protection from the cold winds, thanks to the traditional pagliar pagliarelle or straw matting covering the groves. And held up with chestnut poles. You change that locate. You change the change the lemons. You change the drink. Yeah, exactly. Which is why, yeah, you can make it yourself, but it's not going to taste the same as a proper limoncello. Hmm. You might get close, but it's not going to be the same. Oh, here we go. Um, I had. I knew I'd read the type of lemons somewhere in these articles I had open. The, so the the varieties are called the fem, femin, feminiello from Massa Lubrens, which is oval in shape, smooth skin, very juicy. The sfusato from Alm, Amalfi with a tapered shape. No, nope, it's just the two. No, nope, just the two. Right. So th- those two, the mm. fe, femin, feminiello and the sfusato. Sfusato. I'm not Italian and mm. I can't speak Italian. So obviously those are the best two varieties to use, but any lemons will do if you want to make it yourself. Hmm. And we'll tell you how. Yeah. 
let's get into some recipes. Yes. Oh, do you want to taste the um, warm right, so room let's temperature? Let's taste the room temperature limoncello. No, not warm, but yeah, definitely room, room temperature. temperature. Cheers. Well, Italian room temperature, most importantly, because that's what they would have <laughs> meant. They wouldn't mean Australian summer room temperature or Australian winter room temperature. They would mean Italian room temperature. It's similar. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a bit bitier. Yeah. It, it tastes boozier, for sure. Yeah, like the colder seems to... And clearly the, it's not as... Um, what's what I'm looking for? It's not as... Not as lemony. Well, it's not as lemony. It's not as viscous. Yeah. Well, that that's pretty standard when you think of cold temperatures. That's pretty common for cold spirits. Yeah, when, for, for when cold spirits. When and- we've put booze in the freezer... Like when I've put vodka in the freezer, in my last freezer it actually froze, unfortunately. But when I put it in the freezer, it was uh, almost oily in texture. Yeah, it, it generally becomes much more viscous. But I've never seen such an like a really clear like yeah you'll you'll change the flavor some, but there's a very distinctive change in yeah. in this between fresh from the freezer and room temperature which is that the lemon is less pronounced and there's mm. more bite yeah the, i was actually expecting it to be more lemony more uh there'd be more smell to it but it's act, it it's almost like it's lost flavor which is odd yeah i i can sort of see why some people would prefer to drink it this way but i can also see why they're in a minority <laughs> <laughs> versus whiskey which is the other way around where if you drink it with ice or out of the freezer, the traditionalists shake their head at you yeah, and, and then you... kick you out of the gentleman's lounge. Mm. Well, and if you drink <laughs> it too cold, you dull the flavours with a whiskey. You do. But with this one, it warms up and you've dulled the flavours. It's... I, th- I think it's more that the flavours that are coming out are not the right flavours. Because mm. there are... I, I guess I could taste more of it, but it's, I don't know, more, eh, flavours. Yeah, it's just not, it's not as pleasant. Hmm. I'm not going to stop drinking it. Oh, no, it's still good. It's still good. It's just not as good. Not as great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, if you want to make your own great limoncello, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the recipes. Because we've we've kept you we've <laughs> kept you waiting long enough. You won't believe how easy it is. Lemons, expensive vodka. Yeah, basically, you'll need these ingredients: hmm. ten lemons, one bottle of grain alcohol, four cups of water, and three cups of sugar. With the vodka, it's recommended to have a hundred proof or at least eighty proof at the bare minimum. Because yeah. it's very easy to get 80 to 82 or 84 proof vodka or 42% vodka, but it gets very expensive to find vodka that's 50% or higher. Mm. And of course, you're going to be watering it down somewhat. Mm. So if you don't want to end up with a really weak limoncello, stronger is better. Well, it's more that if it's got too much, if the percentage is too low, it freezes. Yeah, and that's not going to be helpful either for this process hmm. because you begin by zesting the lemons. So you want to zest all 10 of your lemons and then steep that zest in your grain alcohol, which, yeah, is probably going to be vodka, for between 48 and 78 hours. 
48 um, and 78. Between 48 and 78. I guess depending on how strong you want it. That's, a, that's an oddly specific number of hours. Isn't it though? Because normally it's 48 and 72. Yeah, but no, 48 and 78. That's hmm. literally what they say. But then you strain out the liquid at the end of your 48 or 78 or whatever number in between you chose arbitrarily. And um, I guess while all that's steeping, you mix your water and sugar into a simple sugar water syrup. And then you mix that with your alcohol that you've poured off after the steeping process. And uh, you let it sit for a few days. And Well, I have seen recipes that uh, recommend uh, steeping it for longer or uh, aging it for longer mm. than a couple of days. Uh, some, a lot of recipes have said that uh, up to three months before you start drinking it. Yeah, admittedly, generally when I've made anything steeped in vodka, I like to leave it sit for at least a week. Yeah. Just to really impart those flavors in there. Hmm. Depending on how strong you like those flavors. Exactly. If you, if you want a limoncello that's going to punch you in the teeth with these zesty fruits, leave it a week, see what happens. Yeah, and of course the final step... Once you've left it sit and steep and whatnot all that time, strain it into whatever bottle you choose to store it in and whack it in the freezer. Mm. Um, it can be kept in the fridge for up to a month or freezer up to a year. So there it is. Yeah, and um, obviously you'll be using whatever lemons you can get your mitts on, so it's probably not going to taste quite the same as what you might buy from your favorite bottle shop. No, but... The uh, all the recipes I've read say try and get organic lemons mm, and always make sure you very thoroughly wash them before you zest them because mm, you've got the the wax that's on them to make them shiny. You've also got uh, potentially remnants of pesticides. Yeah, and that's going to ruin it. Yeah, and it's going to steep into your alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and no one wants that. No, and nobody got time for that. So you store it in the freezer or uh, store it in the fridge. But definitely keep it cool. We we can pretty much we can pretty much say one hundred percent you do not want to drink this at room temperature. Yeah. Keep it in the fridge or the freezer. Keep it cool. That's it. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> so I haven't got anything else really. Yeah, no, I think that's that's it for for this episode. Yeah. So if you liked what you heard, be sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, uh, Spotify. Uh, you can find us on your favorite, on whatever you use for your podcasts. We are a good drop all about alcohol. We are, of course, also on the socials, on uh, Facebook and Instagram, where you can find us as a good drop podcast. Um, we've got a good old fashioned website with a big list of our current and previous episodes a gooddrop.com.au and if you've got, got any comments questions uh, feedback uh, suggestions for future episodes we'd love to hear them Tell, let us know what you think about limoncello or if you've made it yourself send us a recipe to a gooddrop at gmail.com yeah and uh, now next time next time is going to be a good one mmm Next time, we will be talking Russian Imperial Stout. 
the IPA of the Stout World. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this one because we had a Russian Imperial Stout for our Stout episode way back, way, way back, like a couple of years ago now. Mm. And that was one hell of a drink. Yeah, and if, if you're talking a stout that can survive a Russian winter without becoming a block of ice, <laughs> that's it. That's the one. <laughs> that's it right there. Yeah. So get your knife and fork ready. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.